I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name's Mike Connors, and as always, I have my co-pilot through the Holonet joining me, Christian Buckley. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. We we are finally at the end of the long tunnel that is the Mandal uh sorry, <laughs> the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett, season one. We're at the end of it. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about it because there's a lot to chew on for sure. Um, and I like ha- having these episodes every, every week that we can like really get into the nitty gritty of each of these, these, uh, chapters and sort of just like dissect them. So I'm excited to do that, but how are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. Great week for star Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. lots of exciting stuff going on. Can't wait to talk about it. Been mine's been racing in terms of thoughts and takes and things to discuss. So uh, it's really been getting me through this week, honestly, alongside that uh, Nintendo presentation the other day. That, that was two highlights of my week. Also, very rude. I know we're going to get to it, but that Kenobi news dropped five minutes before the Nintendo presentation started. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I, I honestly, I feel like they don't really give much notice for those Nintendo presentations anyway, right? Like No, yeah. Like, when did they announce that? Probably, like, this week, it feels. Yeah, it was the day know. before, so. How do they do that? I mean, honestly, it's probably good marketing for them to just, like, mm-hmm. drop it like that, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I didn't have time to fully process the Kenobi news, so I'm glad I get to do that on the show now, which is nice. Oh, for sure, for sure. But before we get into talking about all of that, Christian, I think we should start this podcast off as we normally do with our segment from the Jedi Archives. Uh, this is a segment in which Christian and I go onto the sacred Jedi texts, aka Wikipedia, and pick an article either from canon or legends to bring to the table. Um, so Christian, what did you bring for this episode of uh, from the Jedi Archives? I chose food stuff, one word. Food stuff. Is that like just a catch-all, anything food related? <laughs> food stuff or food was nourishment needed for sentient oh beings to survive. Many fruit, such as Jogan fruit, were a type of food. On Imperial starships, officers were encouraged to avoid consuming solid food and drink nutritive beverages instead because it was more efficient in terms of ship resources and officer time. Food included cakes, fruit, and ration packs. Some types of food contained bones. When Pelimoto instructed her patrons to fetch food for the Grogu, she would ask them to get something with bones in it interesting wow what a what a like a meta a meta article that you just chose I know. it's like when you go it's like when you go on like the real life wikipedia and you're like looking up the sun and the moon or yeah. something like that um interesting man uh yeah i mean food's always been in star wars i think foodstuffs mm-hmm. sorry um I think in the most recent episode of the Mandalorian or, Oh my God, I keep saying the Mandalorian dude, <laughs> the book of Boba Fett. We see, uh, Grogu, um, eating some food, um, dung yeah. beetles, I believe. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, food in food stuff, excuse me, in star Wars, um, was there out the gate. I imagine starting with a new hope cause of blue milk, right? That would that qualify? I, I think it would qualify for sure. Um, from my memory, I think that they were also 
eating something, though I don't think it was as memorable as the blue milk. Yeah, wasn't it just like <laughs> a head of cabbage or something? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, like Aunt, Aunt Peru like takes it out of like a steamer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, and then I'm also thinking about like the food that Luke brings to Dagobah in episode five. Yeah, that's And sick. like, yeah, the stick and he like chews on it and like Yoda's trying to like take it and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what I remember. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting interesting choice, Christian. What made you pick food stuff? So sometimes the way I go about this is sometimes I'll look up on Google Wikipedia space term and see if there's something related to that term in Star Wars I never heard of before. I started with oil and I clicked on oil and then I went down to something in like a droid manufacturer and I clicked on that and then I saw something related to Yoda's food stuff and I was like, what is food stuff? So there we go. That's food stuff for you. Yeah. What did you pick? Um, so I picked something a little bit different than food stuff. I picked the N1 Starfighter. Um, yeah. I don't know if we brought this one to the table yet before, Christian, but it is probably one of my favorite Star Wars ships. Um, we get to see it in the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Pelimoto has like an old dilapidated one. She sort of like soups up along with Mando. Um, but yes, these are the uh, also known as the Royal Naboo N1 Starfighter, or more simply the N1. A single-seat patrol craft developed by the Theed Palace Space Vessel Engineering Corps and used by the Royal Naboo Security Forces for duties such as defense patrol and escorting. We see these heavily in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Um, They don't need a docking ring to travel through light speed, which is pretty cool. They could do that on their own, kind of just like an X-Wing. And, uh, yeah, I always just thought they had a really cool design forever. Yeah, they're iconic. Like, they definitely are. I feel like it's hard for Star Wars... Des- like, Star Wars designs are always great when it comes to ships, I think. But I feel like it's hard for one to break the barrier and become iconic. Like, X-Wing, Falcon, Slave 1, uh, TIE Fighter. But all the variations are cool. You know, the Bad Bad ship is cool. The Mantis is cool. But I feel like the N1 is maybe alongside the Republic gunship, the only ship from the prequels that was able to become iconic. Ooh, I would I would uh, raise you the Jedi Starfighter. I feel like that's, sure. that's pretty iconic too. Sure, sure, sure. Definitely. But yeah, man, I always thought these were really cool. Um, I'm excited they're like now in the new canon, like the new era of Star Wars that's actually getting some attention. Like we will be seeing the N1 Starfighter in all of its souped up glory uh, mm-hmm. in the future coming up, which is like really exciting for somebody who just like absolutely adores this ship. And who can ever forget Anakin Skywalker saying his iconic line. Now this is pod racing mm-hmm. in one of, in the cockpit of one of these ships. Now I don't see anybody saying that in the next week. Christian, so you're not wrong. You're really not. So <laughs> Uh, I, I think I said this before to you, but I am stoked for the day we get Din Djarin's N1 Lego set. I will pre-order that so fast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, As much as I really love the Razor Crest, like, people people are, like, really upset when 
that was destroyed in season two of the Mandalorian, as was I. Yeah, same. Um, a lot of a lot of people also just like never it never really clicked for some people, mm-hmm. but for me, like the Razor Crest was like top tier, um, for sure. Yeah, but it is cool. It is cool that Mando has like a much different ship than the Razor Crest in the N one Starfighter, but like it still yeah. suits him. Razor Crest, if it hung around longer, I think could have broken that barrier to become iconic as well. However, I'm fine with that if it means the Lego set is going to be cheaper. So yeah, <laughs> the Lego set will probably most certainly be cheaper just because it's like not as big of a ship. Exactly. But um, yeah, that's that was my choice. Um, I'm happy that I brought it because oh, you know, I wanted to just say this really quick. Do you ever go to the Museum of Science? The Children's Museum of Science in Boston. I um, have as a kid. Yes. Do you remember like there being a big N one starfighter just like hanging in like the atrium? Yes, I remember there was a Star Wars exhibit one time, and they had a bunch of movie props. I absolutely went to that as a child. Yes, yes. I know that's a very niche thing to be talking about on this, but like mm-hmm. for anybody who grew up in the greater Boston area, probably circa ten years ago, you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean. There was also, like, I have a pin because there was, like, a Millennium Falcon experience you could do where you got to sit in the cockpit and it was, like, LED screens to simulate stuff. Um, and I got a pin from doing that experience. But, it, like, in my memory, it is, st- it's still not even close to what it was like flying in Galaxy's Edge. But, like, in my memory as a child, it was a wonderful experience. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it had a big impact on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Well, those are two really awesome picks. They always are. I always feel like I come out of from the Jedi archives with like a different appreciation for the Star Wars universe and the complexity of the lore that it gives us. So thank you for bringing a very good uh, uh, page today, Christian. Likewise. Um, I think it's time to get into some of the meat of this episode and talk about some of the Star Wars news. And uh, I think it's best to just talk, talk about the top tier item here. Uh, the thing that everyone's been talking about on the internet, the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited TV show has a release date. It will be airing on Disney plus on May 25th, 2022. Now that's the 45th anniversary of the release of the original star Wars, May 25th, 1977, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I am just like so happy that we actually have confirmation that this is coming to us this so soon. And honestly, like May 25th, not that far away in the grand scheme of things. So I'm very excited. It's so soon, Mike. It's (laughs) so soon. It's so soon. Were you expecting it to be this soon, Christian? Honestly, no. I really thought this was going to be like a June or July or September joint. So... The fact that it is May, just a mere three months away, essentially, and some change. Uh, Oh, baby, I can't wait for this. This is fantastic news. Wonderful day. This is probably the biggest Star Wars news of the year so far. Um, I, I, I can't think of anything else that would top it, even things that might come afterwards, like... Uh, a season three of the Mandalorian is just not as is not as as groundbreaking as this um, in the sense that like this is something that's been hyped up for so long this Obi Wan TV show mm-hmm. um, and now it's like we're finally like staring down the barrel of of a gun basically it's it's coming at us and mm-hmm. 
it's it's exciting it's just really exciting it feels like it's all coming true all my dreams are coming true christian hell yeah and i do really love i didn't know that new hope was celebrating an anniversary this year but the fact that they were able to line that up so well i think is pretty great that's awesome and i gotta say it every time we get the chance Disney Plus, if there was ever time to experiment with a live syndicated premiere worldwide, this is it. This is the one. Prime time. Come on. Let's go, baby. Uh, you mean like they would release it on a, like like at, at, at the same time, basically? Yes. Like 10 like Eastern, 7 Pacific. We're live streaming the first episode. It's not you can fast forward through the whole thing if you want right now. Like this is it. Buckle up. Live tweet it with the world. Yes. That would be interesting. I mean, May 25th is a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So um, I would assume that because this is a limited series, I think it's rumored that it's going to be like six or seven episodes or something like that. I don't know if they've actually announced the full um, slate of episodes that they prepared. But um, yeah, I, I would also agree. I think that as somebody who has to like wait multiple hours almost a whole entire day to like watch releases um just because they come out like so late uh eastern time i think that it would be really nice if they tried to do some syndicated release like you're talking about for sure yeah because like like you said people have been waiting for this forever it's going to be a huge moment culturally uh i know some people that have not dove into the disney plus shows because they're kind of burnt out on star wars but they're like this is probably the one i should watch right and i'm like yeah like i think they're good but this is the if you're gonna watch one you should watch this one because it's a sequel to the revenge of the sith which is also a huge deal for a lot of people especially our generation like it's gonna be such a big moment and i hope it's treated that way you know and having to watch it at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday or not look at your phone all day to make sure that you don't get a really special moment as a Star Wars fan ruined for you is gonna suck. It sucked before, but it's gonna be even suckier in May, you know? No, I totally agree. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I I have like a, your typical like nine to five, so I don't necessarily have like the opportunity to just like watch it when I wake up. So it is like, even with like the book of Boba Fett, it was me trying to avoid Twitter and et cetera, just to like not get any spoilers. So if they actually release this, like, you know, like you said, prime time, 10, 10 PM Eastern, whatever, like that would just make a lot more sense. I think you could probably get a lot more eyes on it too. Um, mm-hmm. when, if you go back to like that traditional way of releasing things. Um, From a quick Google search, I'm seeing six episodes. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking probably six or seven. Is that like confirmed? Uh, I saw like Polygon wrote an article about six episodes. I saw a Screen Rant article about six episodes. So got it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, they also released a poster with this um, first first look basically at uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan um, in this TV show, and it's pretty simple, but it's very honestly. Brought, brought a little tear to my eye, to be honest. Just in time um, for the season of Lent, Mike. Just in time for the season of Lent. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's in full Christ mode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wandering the desert, not not a thing to his person, just a just a cloak and some beautiful long hair. 
Yes, yes. And Ray's lightsaber. I was out. Yeah, I did notice that. I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because I I saw that he was holding something, and I was like, even before I zoomed in, I was like, that is not the Kenobi saber. So is it the one he gives Luke? And it absolutely is. That's super cool. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, Anakin's old lightsaber for sure. Um, it looks like it, from zooming in on it at least. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like uh, Ewan McGregor, um, he's basically just like walking through the sands of, of Tatooine, I would, I would assume, um, after his exile there at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Um, honestly, like from what we can see of Obi-Wan, to me, he kind of looks like what he did at the end of Revenge of the Sith, kind of. Um, just maybe a little older, but like, yeah, it, it looks exactly what I thought it would be, to be honest. Yeah, like we've all seen those fan edited images of the Kenobi series. It looks exactly like that pretty much. Like that's that's what we're getting. Got a bit more of a flow. He's got his like Attack of the Clones length hair, full beard, bit more relaxed, casual garb. I could I can see the Alec Guinness uh, style choices that this Obi-Wan is making at this point in his life mm-hmm. but yeah still exciting despite like you said being kind of exactly what we expected yeah i mean i don't think that that's a bad thing oh um, no not at, at all. all no yeah um but yeah man this is just super exciting i have a question for you when do you think we're going to see our first look at this when do you think we're going to get our first trailer first teaser um if if i may mm-hmm. i would like to say that Perhaps the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday it is a is a decent time to to, to sort of drop something like that. I th- um, but mm-hmm. who, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I think you have a point, Mike, because this is the only Star Wars live action project in the foreseeable future that will have that's been announced universally recognizable characters in it. You know, like yeah. Yes, Luke has shown up, but you, they never use Luke to market the show. Yes, we might get a Finn show in the next few years, but that's a ways out. We don't even know if that's going to be a thing. Uh, Cassian, much as I love the dude, he's one of my favorite new characters to Star Wars. He had one movie, and it's a fan favorite, but I don't think he is in that tier of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, you know? So... Yeah. I, I think a Super Bowl trailer would absolutely make a lot of sense. Um, movie trailers are a big deal with the Super Bowl. These are essentially long-form movies at this point. So I know Disney Plus has done montage trailers for prior Super Bowls, where I think that's where we, where we got our first look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I could see maybe some footage in a montage i don't think that's what the show deserves i think we should have a full like minute long 45 second long full tv trailer for the show because like i said it's this is a huge deal but i could also see them using it in a montage and then maybe on may the 4th we get a really big blowout yeah i think um I think it's just too good of an opportunity yeah, uh, for Disney to sort of like pass up the Super Bowl and not like market something like this. Um, 
because I guess like for people who don't follow this stuff like as intensely as you and I may not even know that this is like happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think like when you have 130 million people watching the same thing on one night, it's a perfect opportunity to sort of just push these things out. I remember that uh, I think I believe the Super Bowl was when like the solo trailer was released. Mm-hmm. Um you mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm pretty sure they also released like an Endgame trailer during the Super Bowl one. Yes, game. the first trailer for Endgame was a Super Bowl trailer. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, it's definitely it's definitely in the cards. Um, <clears throat> the only reason why I would think that maybe that maybe we, we won't get that um, is just because it is like kind of far away and. F- from what we saw with like the book of Boba Fett, they'd waited until like the end of November or the end of October to release anything about that. And the show started in like late December. So that was a pretty quick turnaround, but we know, and we've been following this for the past like year and a half. They've been done filming the Obi-Wan show for a decent amount of time now. So I feel like they might have something together that they could show uh, the public. So Yeah. I, I think truly it's just a, ma- a matter of like, do they want to spend the money to promote a Disney Plus show by itself? Which I think in this specific case they should because this specific show is as commanding as a a new Star Wars movie, honestly, because of the context surrounding it. So I, I think it's either we get a full trailer for the Super Bowl or... It is in a montage alongside trailer, like other cuts for other Disney Plus shows coming this year to just sell the platform. And then we get a show closer to the actual release. That's one of the two realities. But I do expect we will see it in some capacity at the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, either way, I'm just super excited for it, uh, obviously. And I know you are too, Christian, so Mm -hmm. big hype. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you think, and I know it's still tricky out there, do you think like the intent of Mandalorian Season 2 debuting in theaters, either premiere or finale for the Obi-Wan show, do you think that could get a theatrical release? Um, if this was like pre-COVID, I would say yeah. Um, I, I just don't. I don't think that it would be worth it, you know. I, I, I mean, maybe I would love. I would go. I would go see it. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, yeah. Because I like, just don't know if there's. I don't know if there's as, a, enough like appeal though for for them to like justify doing that. But what were you gonna say? Uh, I mean, like Disney hasn't stopped putting stuff in theaters recently. You know, like well, that's true. I'm pretty sure they were the holders of the top, like probably like eight best grossing box office runs last year, right? Between all their Marvel stuff, which broke records, uh, is still mid pandemic. Like I, I think Mando was unfortunate because it came out, I think pre vax even. So yeah, there wasn't even a, a shot. Huh? But <laughs> I, I think there's a world where we can see it happen. Mike, maybe especially if the vader duel is in the finale 
people are like they will do everything they can i am sure to get people to go into theaters to watch obi-wan kenobi fight darth vader on a screen dude i'd be like i'd be one of them that's for sure yeah (laughs) but um yeah i guess like it's just a question of whether or not it'd be cost effective for for disney to do that sure yeah like when you think about it like you know they're like i I don't want to say that there's not, like, a lot of appeal for, like, Obi-Wan, but I just think, like, it's just not as big of an event as, like, a Spider-Man movie coming out or something like that. You know what I mean? I just feel like they're on different levels. Like, they're, sure. like to, to us, like, this, this Obi-Wan show is, like, a huge freaking deal. But, like, is it, like, on Spider-Man levels to the general public? Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, also, the like the intent was there with Mandalorian, and I would put this way higher in terms of profitability than Mando, despite season one That's being fair. huge and two being really anticipated. Like, the second season debut of a smash hit television show, The Mandalorian, is still, I think, leagues below Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, and Darth Vader, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think sure. it's definitely a possibility. I know I was sort of just trying to play devil's advocate, to be sure, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably but, correct. I'm probably wrong, getting my hopes up for nothing. But no, man. I mean, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like you said, like they were going to do it for Nando, but mm-hmm. just like circumstances didn't allow them to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely be interested in seeing that personally. I would definitely go and watch it. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if that's that's the way it's going to go. But regardless, we're going to be seeing this in May. So that's huge, huge news. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think he's going to say hello there? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's I mean, kind of like it's kind of like Willem Dafoe saying I'm something of a scientist myself. Sure, <laughs> sure. But I, I I feel like Star Wars hasn't been super cutesy like that since solo that's fair that's fair you know maybe in the moment maybe when we get our first trailer like the the twitter account would be like hello there and that's it maybe that's the extent of it fair enough yeah um well regardless man this is huge news we actually have a date to look forward to now this this isn't just you know in the ether any longer um, it's a concrete thing, and it's happening, baby. It's happening. So, I know we're, we can go on to the next story in a second, but for you, yeah. when when are we getting Bad Batch? Is that after Obi Wan's done, or is it going to start dropping like in a week? What do you think happens? Honestly, I I don't know. I see a world in which they release the Bad Batch, like kind of concurrently with Obi Wan. I. It just doesn't have as much of a of a following. No, yeah, like, absolutely. So it's like, you know, I think I think the risk isn't isn't as big there for Disney Lucasfilm to sort of just like release it concurrently because they know that the people who are interested in watching it are gonna watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's probably yeah, a good strategy too, because then they could yeah. do the recommended thing, like you just watch the episode of Obi Wan. Why not try Bad Batch? Right. I mean, like, it's 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 sort of like a supplement in, in, in a way. That's what it seems like to me, at least, um, at this point. Like, I'm really excited for the Bad Batch season two. In fact, like, the other day I was thinking about, like, wow, like, I actually really like the Bad Batch season one, like, a lot more than I thought I would. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I'm like excited for it. I, I just don't think it's definitely not on the level of like Obi Wan versus Darth Vader or anything like that. So I could see I can see them sort of releasing it concurrently. If not that, then like probably immediately after. Sure. Because um, I think they said or, summer, right? Yeah, they said summer, and you can kind of sit. You can kind of think that like it going into June and July, if it were like released on May fourth, that's the way that it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense. I just, I don't know. We're, I feel like we're going to get them fairly close together. I don't know if you think differently. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I was just wondering if it would be before or after. I think, or like to start, but yeah, yeah. I think it might start a little bit before, but it will like. It, it will catch up, like be concurrent with it. So. Sure. Well, uh, that's a huge, huge piece of news. I'm really excited for it. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. We'll be covering that on Jedi mm-hmm. Knight's Faux Show. Um, but kind of moving on, I think I'm going to talk about this other piece of uh, TV news that we have here. Um, Andor Season 2 has been seemingly greenlit. And it will begin fil- filming fall 2022. So this comes from an interview with Stellan Skarsgård in a Swedish publication. Um, and this is what he said, roughly translated, from Star Wars Newsnet. He said, quote, We start with Dune Part 2 in July. And then in the autumn, it's time for the second season of the Star Wars series, Andor. I don't know when they'll start broadcasting it. It'll take some time. So it does not take too long between season one in season two. Well, first off, as a major dude fan, that's awesome that they're going to be doing this in July. Um, <laughs> but moving on from that, uh, it, it is interesting that they've already seemingly greenlit a season two of Andor without even season one coming out. Um, I mean, shows do this a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure like The Mandalorian was like that too. I, I'm I, I'm not entirely sure though. Um, yes, Mando season two was revealed to be shooting, I believe, like three or four episodes into season one. Right, right. So, so yeah, it's not completely out of the blue for Disney to do this, um, but it is interesting to know that, you know, they are starting to, you know, actually turn the gears on season two. That kind of makes me wonder, uh, if you were if you were a betting man, Christian... When do you think we're going to see stuff from season one? When do you think we're going to see season one? When do you think we're going to get a trailer? Is it going to be before Obi-Wan? Seemingly not, in my opinion. Um, But I'd like to hear what you think. I think summer trailer, September release is my bet. Yeah, you seem like like you're on the right track with that one. Because if if all goes according to plan... We should still be getting Mandalorian season three in like December, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I think having Bad Batch whenever Bad Batch hits, Obi Wan from May to maybe first week of July, and then coast out the rest of the summer on like a Marvel show and like more Bad Batch episodes. September for Cassian, and then a bit of a break before Mando starts in the holiday season. That's a good year of Star Wars, and I believe that is every project that's supposed to hit this year. Yeah, I think that that is probably the way it's going to go. Um, as of this point, I don't see them really like releasing anything before Obi Wan. I think they're going to try to like basically 
shore up as much hype for that as they possibly can shore up as much Disney plus subscriptions as they possibly can uh, yeah. for that show. And then sort of just mm-hmm. like release the deluge of star Wars content following that. Um, so yeah, I just like, I'm really interested with this project because it has been sort of like radio silence on any information, official information about Andor and it just seems like a really cool concept. You and I both really like casting Andor as a character and are both really excited for this. Um, but the fact that they are actually filming a season two this year makes it more... It makes makes me think that, like, you know, we're actually going to get this this year. Um, it's only a matter of time until they announce a date. Yeah, and also season two related, I believe Alan Tudyk said... We'll see K2 in season two. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, There's also been some stuff uh, circling around. This is not confirmed, but people are saying that Andor is only going to be three seasons. Um, They have like an idea for where it starts and where it ends, and that's going to take three seasons to tell the whole story. I actually really like that. I think I've said it before. I don't know if this is true, so take that with a grain of salt. But um, I really like it when shows like know exactly what they're doing. They don't like waste their time. They don't stick around too long. Um, and I think that that would be the perfect sort of way to tell the story. Um, apparently, Andor season one is going to be like twelve episodes ish. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. I don't think there has been like a Disney Plus live action project that's gone over like eight episodes. So. Yeah, not that I can think of, at least in like the Star Wars and Marvel camp. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I'm very excited for the show. I think it has, for me, potential to overtake Rogue One um, in terms of my favorite Cassian performance, I guess. Because um, I, I think his role and his character would work really well in TV format the way that for a bounty hunter, it's like job of the week can work. For Cassian, um, just sort of a linear progression through some assignments as a spy. Good cliffhangers, good for TV. I, I'm really excited, and I think that could maybe... So if the cards align, I could see that maybe even be the best Star Wars show, really, so far. So, Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think it has a lot of potential, for sure. Um, and I'm happy that they're actually... This is a, this is a vote of confidence, I think, in in what has already been been filmed for season one. So, um, you know, I trust I trust putting my trust into it, and I'm going to obviously watch it when it comes out. And I'll be really excited when we get more information about it, whatever that will be. Hell yeah. Um, and so, moving on to the last piece of news, this is kind of just like a little tidbit, um, but. You did mention earlier in the episode that uh, there was a Nintendo Direct uh, on Wednesday, right? It was yesterday. Yes, it was and yesterday. along with some other uh, video game news that is very interesting, they did announce that Star Wars: The Force Unleashed is coming to the the, the Switch on April twentieth. That's pretty fun. I really like that game. Um, It was definitely like a childhood staple of mine. I don't know if I will buy it because I do have it on my PC. 
because I bought it like during a sale one time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I ever wanted to play it, I could just like play it there. But it is cool that this is coming to the Switch because it is a great Star Wars game. Yeah. So what's interesting about this, Mike, is the port is based off of the Wii version of the game. Oh, interesting. Which, if you remember, I think the Wii version was closer to the PS2 version than the 360 or PS3 or PC versions. The Wii version also includes motion controls, which are being carried over to the Switch version as an option. You don't have to play it that way, but I was baffled. I was baffled that they're porting the Wii because the 360 version can absolutely run on the Switch. But I I thought that was very fun that they're putting the Wii version on instead. I mean, honestly, I didn't know that. That's kind of it kind of cheapens it a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you feel similarly. Uh, I never played it on the Wii version. I I never played it on the Wii. I never played it on the PlayStation. I only had it for the Xbox. But Mm -hmm. from what I can remember, like most games that were like also on the Wii during that time were like considerably less like considerably worse (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's necessarily the same thing for the force unleash and i'm sure that they're doing like some stuff to sort of like rectify any issues that it had when it originally released on the wii um but yeah i feel like the xbox version like by this point you're right could totally totally run on the switch yeah it absolutely can so if if you only have a switch you're a big star wars fan i don't think this would be a bad pickup but uh, just know that going in, you're playing the Wii version, which was a lesser version at the time of the fan favorite. So, Yes, yes. Um, will you be picking this up, do you think, Christian? Probably not, because I got KOTOR and I played it for like 90 minutes on my flight to Orlando, or from Orlando, and um, haven't touched it since then. But Fair, yeah, fair. But I got a Star I'm... Wars experience for me. Yeah, I mean, it is cool. Um, definitely, I, I don't know how much money it's going to be, but I can't see it being more than like 15 bucks, maybe 20 something like that. I, I think it might be 20 or less. I don't think it's more than that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay more than 20 bucks for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, for people who haven't played this, I think it's probably worth it to check it out. It's a great Star Wars game. It also has a great Star Wars story. Starkiller is like a very interesting character. Um and it sort of like tells like an interesting like alternate history kind of of the rebellion, um, which is you know pretty cool. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's basically it for all the Star Wars news that we had here uh, to prepare and talk about. But you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Chapter Seven of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I think it's probably. I think that this one's named uh, In the Name of Honor, by the way. That's the title that this chapter was given. This is the finale to the Book of Boba Fett. We've been watching each episode leading up to this. Um, And I think that we're probably just going to get right into spoilers. So if you haven't watched Chapter 7 of the Book of Boba Fett, I would go watch that and then come back. Just because it's going to be really hard to talk about this without talking about spoilers. Um, And so I I think it's just best to to put that out there um, at first. So Christian and I don't feel like we have to walk on eggshells or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, Christian, high level, what did you think about this episode overall? And 
how do you think this fits in as a finale to uh, the season that we've been watching? Good questions. Um, high level, I had fun watching it. I think it's another, in isolation, real fun hour of Star Wars. I think as a finale to what we've had this season, it wraps up a lot of different threads. Uh, so in that way, I feel like it's a decent finale. I think it's a, it's a better finale than most of the Marvel finales. I was saying that to Jack earlier. But... Um, in terms of what it does for the show, what it does is make me confused still, I think. <laughs> but how, how do you feel? Same questions to you. What are your answers? Um, I would say that I would probably have to agree with you basically 100%. I think this is a great episode of Star Wars. Like it has it's it's probably probably one of the best Star Wars Honestly, this this show in general has probably had some of the best Star Wars moments that we've had in recent years on the screen. Um, but when taken into context with the rest of the season, it, it, I agree. It, it kind of just like has me asking more questions than I did before I started watching it, in a way. Um, it doesn't really fit in. Like, I, I don't know, it just seems kind of shoehorned in some ways. Um, it's really fun to watch. Um, I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time, but like mm-hmm. when you take it in the whole con, when you take it in the context of the season as a whole, I think it it isn't the strongest ending. Um, but yeah, that's that's my high level thoughts. because like in terms of being a finale, like if we never got a season two, which we might talk about at some point, but like if we never got a season two, I feel like the notes we leave off on for the most part answer the things that the season props up you know but i like the execution of it feels sloppy at times like i don't like that uh there was this really intense thing and all these crime bosses were real tough and then fennec is able to just pop in and kill them all within like 30 seconds and it's like okay never got to worry about them again Tatooine's free um it, it just seems like that was a very cheap way to resolve the conflict that we set up in this season but it is still an answer to the conflict like is there any remaining conflict from the book of Boba Fett that is unanswered right now I mean, I, I would say no, but when I say that, like, it made me ask more questions than I had at the beginning, I th- I'm, I'm more saying, like, for the other, because this show is all over the place. Um, we, we got, like, two episodes where the titular character was, like, barely even in them. Um, and it kind of, like, doubled down on that a little bit in this episode. Um, and made me sort of think just like where the rest of the Star Wars universe and the characters that we know like go from there. I guess you're right that like it does sort of tie in all the threads that were sort of like introduced in terms of like Boba's arc in this um, in this series. But like it just makes me ask more questions about like where we're going from here basically is, is more like what I was saying. 
and that's why I'm confused because we it's called the book of Boba Fett. We are we've had that conversation already three times, but it the questions and story arc and character threads that get thrown out there for Boba Fett all have a resolution in this episode but none of them really feel that satisfying and you're right you are asking questions but it's questions about star wars as a whole not boba fett so like that's why i don't think we need us or we get a season two or literally as a show it feels like it didn't accomplish what it set out to do right because that shift when it turned into mandalorian two and a half carry through episodes five six and seven for the most part like we still got a few moments of boba to have satisfying isn't the right word but like a a a warranted conclusion to his revenge for the tuscans his inheritance of jabba's role his want to be a benevolent leader and those were the main conflicts for him and they all got resolved in one way or another. Yeah. But it felt like that was in the background to all the action and the Boba, sorry, the Din stuff. So confused why it's a Boba Fett show as a star Wars thing. It's cool. And I liked it a lot, but technically as a finale to the book of Boba Fett, it did what a finale should do, I guess, is way, the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I see what you mean. I just think that, like, to me, it just seemed, like, kind of rushed. Like, I just think mm-hmm. we got, like, the first three episodes of this. And I know I'm talking about, like, you know, the series as a whole um, and not necessarily, like, this episode. We'll get to this. Which is fair, though. It's, that's that's fine. It's It's the end of the show, you know? Totally, yeah. I just think that, you know, we got three episodes. The first three episodes of this TV show were very much Boba-centric. We got kind of like his whole quote-unquote backstory, you know, before he got to the point that we saw him in The Mandalorian. And it sort of set up this, like, sort of, like, shadow conflict that wasn't really... To me, it wasn't really, like, clear exactly what was going on until, like, chapter four, episode four, right? And then it just completely divorced itself from that for two episodes. Then it comes back in episode seven and just, to me, it just felt like it had a lot to, like, sort of just, like, tie up. And I think that that was a detriment to the show. Because while on one hand, I think you're right, and I take back what I said earlier, there... They do have answers to a lot of the Boba Fett questions that come up during the show, but it's just like I think the execution was 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 poor. I I, I don't I don't mm. think it was like to me it just wasn't um it, it wasn't as like convincing as it could have been. I think, but yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. I agree. Where like I didn't love a lot of the answers and resolutions. Where like the the implications of all of those things for the arcs they were wrapping up i was like sure that's kind of what i expected that's a fine way to end it but it just seems so rapid fire and unceremonious that i'm with you the execution felt whack 
And again, leaves me wondering why did we get this show? Because um, it, I don't know what this show is. I don't know what this show's function. Is it like, is it just to set up Boba Fett as the leader of Tatooine now? So when we have a feature thing and we need to go to Tatooine, it's like, oh yeah, Boba Fett's in control. How's he doing? Is that what this show was? Because if it is, why did it turn into Mandalorian after that? You know, like it's it's really weird. I don't understand what the show's identity is, Mike. No, I agree with you, man. And I think that's like a I think that's a big problem, honestly. Like I think that when you look at it as like a show, it doesn't really make any sense. Like each episode taken in a bubble is amazing. Like I loved every single one of them, honestly, and. Even the ones that didn't have Boba Fett in them, I probably like those the best. Like, and that's not saying that I dislike Boba Fett. It's just the way that it is. But like, no, yeah. But like, just the way that the show, like, I was talking to Jack about it too, and I said that it's a good Star Wars TV show, but a really bad Boba Fett show. <laughs> and like, I stand by that because. Just like all the character development that we get for Boba Fett seemingly like happens or like he doubles down and like actually follows those avenues like in this last episode Um, Mm -hmm. and the rest of it's sort of just like building up to that point. And I wasn't like super convinced about all of it. Um, And especially since like the show just distracted us as the viewers for two episodes made it a little bit more jarring to like go back to Boba Fett like at the end of the of the series. But yeah because i'm with you like i love the stuff with the tuscans and then they get fridged and there's really no as an audience there's really no resolution for the tuscans being murdered right because Mm -hmm. boba gets his revenge kind of through killing cat bane who is just the messenger for that you know i don't think he's the one that killed the tuscans right no i don't think i don't think he was no so he killed him because he was mad, right? Like, that, does, that doesn't really result. I, I'm sure Boba felt some semblance of peace because he was the last representative from the, the syndicate on the planet that he had access to, and the syndicate killed his family. But for the audience, we're just like, oh, damn, Boba Fett killed Cat Bane. Damn, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, there's no emotional payoff behind that. But again, on a technical level on paper, that wrapped up the Tuscan thing for him. So it's because, yeah, as a season of TV, it doesn't work, I don't think. But each episode taken on its own has so many great things I really love about it, whether it be the early episodes focusing heavily on the Tuscans and Boba Fett or the episodes of Mandalorian that we got as bonuses this season. Like, it's so weird. It doesn't feel like it's a TV show. It feels like an anthology. It's weird. No, it definitely does. And I think that if they just stuck with Boba Fett throughout all seven of these episodes and didn't literally have a whole episode where the main character of the TV show just didn't show up at all, like, it would be a different story. But to me, like, when I think about that, when I think about it all in context, I'm like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Like, it's, it, the structure is just like, it doesn't really make any sense and I see, I see a world in which it does make sense, maybe in the future, 
if like every Star Wars project basically just like does this and like takes characters regardless willy nilly and just like puts them in a puts them in a TV show like you know kids playing with their action figures, mm-hmm. like if they make that. If they do that consistently, then like in retrospect, this this season will make a lot more sense because it's just like a stylistic choice that they're doing. But like the way that the, the way that this is the, the way that this is and the way that it's structured just makes me like have more questions than than anything else really. And honestly, like taken objectively, in my opinion, I just don't think it's like a good TV show. Like it's it's a bad it's a bad TV show. Like it doesn't follow like one one through line that well yeah because um but even but if, great star wars yeah. yeah even if that's the case though if like this is the template moving forward i even if be, if it becomes normalized like i don't know if that's good unless they handle it better because i think that choice was a detriment to this being a, a good tv show where we had great momentum and then by episode four, I was like, this is a really great show. I really like where we're going. And I'm, or it was really good. And then I thought it could become great. And if Ahsoka ends up like that, where we have a seven episode show and we get four episodes, then two episodes with Luke and Kylo Ren training. And then she shows up in the finale, but Luke's also there. Like, even if that becomes a trend, I'd, I think that's a detriment to the way these stories are being told, which would be a huge bummer because I think one of the advantages Star Wars has over the Marvel shows is I feel like they take advantage of being TV more so than the Marvel ones do, um, with the exception of WandaVision. But with Book of Boba Fett, they had that. They, were, they had that television were chipping away at a, a storyline then they threw it away so i've seen people say this is like this was panic mode because of the pandemic and because of the the delays for bando season three i've seen so many wild speculations about why this show is the way it is and i don't think we'll ever get an answer but i do hope that that possibility you outlined is not where we end up with these shows because i would be disappointed i think I too would be disappointed. I think that it's just more powerful and more impactful for the audience if you give them like not only quality Star Wars content, but just like quality content, period. Like you know what I mean? Like I I don't necessarily as a Star Wars fan, I don't necessarily dislike that they're going into like all of these different characters. Like I don't I'm not like hating on the fact that Luke was in the was in the book of Boba Fett, but like, I also can at least recognize that there is a world in which he didn't have to be, and perhaps mm-hmm. like that is the better choice. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, if Luke Skywalker was not in book of Boba Fett, it would have been a benefit to Boba Fett's arc. I can tell you that definitively, because <laughs> he did nothing for Boba Fett. He wasted time for Boba. And his development and his storyline and the arc they were telling. Which again, TV, bad, bad, bad. For Christian Buckley, the lifelong Star Wars fan, getting to watch Luke Skywalker train a new apprentice and Din Djarin and Luke and Ahsoka. Like, great Star Wars hour. Which is what we keep coming back to. It's just so weird. <laughs> I don't yep. understand it. It's, it's a detriment to storytelling 
And I have to think that it's only because that this was sort of a slapdash, what can we do season, right? Yeah, I think that there were a lot of outside pressures that they had to sort of deal with with um, this series. So I I don't necessarily know like exactly why they chose to go this path. I I don't necess- I don't endorse it. I think that they should have done something differently. In my opinion, I think that, you know, there's no reason why we should have had Luke and Grogu and Ahsoka in the show. Like, sorry, <laughs> but like, there's just like no reason why that had to happen. Like the Mandalorian. Okay, maybe like, maybe. No, Din, I think is completely warranted. I think they they made their case for Din. He should have been there. He owes Boba. That works. And Hell, I even thought when we started episode five, this is great. It's a cold open on Din. He's going to find his way to Boba Fett maybe halfway through the episode. And then that we pick up from there. That's a great way. It's a great break to shake up the pace and check in with a character we all love. And then by the end of the episode, I was like, that was great. But man, I feel guilty because this is is bad news. Um, Yeah. And then it just escalated. (laughs) So... Yeah, it really just doubled down on it. But um, I guess, you know, what else is there really to say about, like, just talking about the season and the series as a whole? It doesn't make any flippin' sense, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, like... Or go ahead. No, uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say one more thing about, like, the role of this show. Uh, the final moments of the book of boba fett before we hit credits are the mandalorian theme and din Djarin, and grogu zipping out into space yep that's what we that's what we do the little the circle close on that's it's that so like we don't even end on boba which truly like i don't know i mean when they announced the show didn't you and i think it was going to be like three or four episodes yeah, I mean, I, I, that 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 was what we thought, and like honestly, I think we also thought that like, yeah, the Mandalorian like definitely will show up in this, right? But like, yeah. no one really expected that it would be like so focused on Din Djarin. It's the Book of Boba Fett, not the Mandalorian. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, honestly, if I think if it wasn't called the Book of Boba Fett the conversation would be different. Like maybe as a season of TV, it would still be a little messy, but like if they called it like, like star Wars bounty hunters or something, or like the Mandalorians, I don't know, man. Like I, I think people would have been more forgiving when it turned into a Din Djarin show halfway through, which again, loved the content that we got out of it. Loved the character growth, but it's just weird. I keep falling back to that. It's weird. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think there's no better way to say it, honestly. It's just really weird. Like mm-hmm. um I, I have to ask you, and we're kind of just I'm kind of just like skipping to the end and we'll talk a little bit about like what what happened in the the meat and potatoes of this, but Yeah, there's a big fight in um, the street, great. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's kinda of it. Like <laughs> uh the fact that this okay, I saw some int- some interesting takes online. We close out Mandalorian season two. Okay, wait. I'm gonna start over. Imagine okay. you're somebody who loves the Mandalorian, right? Watched season one, 
loved season two, loved the way that season two ended. You didn't get around to watching the book of Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. And you turn on the Mandalorian season three, episode one, whenever that gets released. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. I was talking to Kayla about that. Because she yeah. didn't want to, she wasn't interested in Boba Fett. She did not watch it until I said, hey, Din Djarin's showing up next week and Grogu's probably next. You might want to watch this. And right. not everybody has somebody who's going to watch every goddamn Star Wars thing and tell them if it's important to watch, right? Like, right. you're right. so right. There will be people when season three debuts that are like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Totally. What totally. And, and I think that kind of speaks, speaks more to the fact that like i think it kind of like it it almost in a way like cheapens like what happens at the end of season two of the mandalorian like that that stuck with us for like such a long time and honestly like it kind of just feels like all right like the whole reason like the mandalorian like spent all of season two like trying to get grogu back to his kind right and he finally like completed that and now we're just like back to where we started <laughs> like yeah, what's the so point that's another thing i'm i'm curious because i'm with you i'm confused as to why he even left with luke to begin with now but I, I i was talking to one of my friends and they suggested that maybe remember that conversation you and i had about luke and luke feeling different than return of the jedi luke yeah i think my friend was saying that from the perspective you gave of Luke fell to the texts because he had no other guidance, maybe that is Grogu's role in Luke's character, where he fell to the texts, he listened to Ahsoka, he's like, this is what the order should look like and which, how it should function. And Luke gave Grogu the decision, maybe expected him to choose the lightsaber, and he didn't. And maybe that was a moment for Luke to take a step back and be like, okay, am I doing something wrong? Should I change things? So Hmm. maybe that's the angle they're going with it. We won't find out until season three, probably. Um, I was texting somebody and I was like, I could maybe see this as this was Grogu's I have to go help my friends in Empire moment. And maybe he finds his way back to Luke eventually to keep training. Because uh, we don't really have a definitive... I don't think we have a definitive answer. Because we don't know how it shook down. Because we don't see Luke again. But... Yeah, I have a lot of questions going into Season 3. Honestly. Yeah, it's just like, what is Season 3 going to be about now? Like... The Mandalorian and Grogu are now together... I guess, like, yeah, there is the whole thing with, like, the Mandalorian has the Darksaber, and there's that whole conflict. But, like, I was honestly more interested in seeing Din Djarin sort of, like, having to navigate this world where he doesn't have Grogu, you know? And that he has to, like, deal with his own personal, like, sadness over that and, and grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but But now it's just, like, okay, like, we're back to, like, you know, where we started. And I don't necessarily know, like, what the point of it all was. That makes yeah. Because, like, their reunion was always going to be a really important big moment. And it was super cute. He did, the, like, the little jump-up hug to Dan. That was adorable. Yeah. 
but I can't believe that the reunion didn't happen in a season of the Mandalorian, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it seems, seems like a no brainer. kind of. <laughs> and, but Hey, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Maybe this is a season of Mandalorian. Maybe that's what it is. And just was never presented that way because we leave off again, musically and focus wise on Mando and his son. So like, Yeah, maybe it is Mandalorian, and they can only fit three episodes into the schedule. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, uh, Well, um, there's a lot that happens in this episode. um, And I think we would be here forever if we tried to go through, like, scene by scene what happened. But I think... like. Like I said, it's a street fight. What was your favorite moment of the street fight that lasted an hour? It, it literally was. Like, just the, the whole episode was just, you know, the climax of the Pike Syndicate sort of waging their attack on on Masespa. And, you know, Boba Fett and Din Djarin and Fennec Shand had to, you know, protect the people of Masespa and they get help from Freetown, etc., etc., I mean, obviously, the Rancor was pretty dope, I have to say. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that Boba Fett got to, excuse me, ride the Rancor, too. He got what he wanted. Um, <laughs> that was that concept and, art that we were talking about last week. Yeah. I, hey, you guys heard it here first on Jedi Knights. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I thought that was really cool. Um, I honestly thought that the, the big, like, Droidica droids that they were fighting were a really interesting sort of um uh addition i especially Mm -hmm. liked the mayor's uh major domo like going out and like reading uh like stalling basically for din and boba and like reading whatever boba wrote and i thought like whatever boba wrote was like really funny he was like yeah like tatooine sands will like turn green by the fertilization of your like your dead bodies or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I thought that was badass. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall it was just mostly just one big action scene, which I don't necessarily hate. I think it was leading up to that in some ways. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. What do you what do you think about it? Yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed watching it. It was fun. Um I liked the the chaos of Grogu showing up in the midst of it all. Um, I enjoyed the Rancor as well. I thought that was neat. I liked the multiple stand downs with Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought Chrysanthemum was going to be dead. So that was a surprise that he walked away from it. I, uh, I think Black Chrysanthemum is invincible because he gets shot like 30 times in this episode and mm-hmm. doesn't die <laughs> yeah um and i i got baited with the um that line towards the end of the episode where boba and Sh- uh, fennec are walking through and she's like oh you, you should go to the back to the tank and he's like oh i can't somebody's using it i thought he was talking about chrysanthemum because like five minutes earlier he was like oh i owe you a, a trip to the the tank, Chrysanthemum, you, you fought well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, ain't the case. Chrysanthemum's out and about. Scarred up. Yeah. Uh, 
we do get that post credit scene that shows that the person inside the back to tank is Cobb Vanth. So, as suspected, had, Cobb Vanth is not dead. It doesn't seem. I, I had to pause. I had no idea who it was. I was like, who is that blonde guy? Who is that? <laughs> it's not, it's not like immediately clear. Yeah. You have to like, kind of like tilt your head and like squint a little bit. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's Tim, mm-hmm. that's Timothy Alpha. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's good. To, good to know that Cobb, Cobb Vanth is not dead though. I like Cobb Vanth. Um, Rangers of the New Republic. Bring it back. I think that's probably the way that they're going to go now. Um, I could see I could see Cogmith being like a pretty major character in that, especially since um, Cara Dune's no longer with us. Um, anyways, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Cad Bane stuff because to me that was probably one of the more striking parts of the episode, Christian. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, at, you and I like, and, and a lot of Star Wars fans out there, you know, devour like the Clone Wars and you know Rebels and the Bad Batch and. We're familiar with Cad Bane. Uh, we're familiar with Cad Bane's sort of history with Boba Fett um, as a mentor. But I thought it was a weird choice to sort of like bring him in to live action for the very first time in episode six. Have him like be a really awesome, have him have this like really awesome standoff with Cobb Vanth in which he like totally kicks his butt and then just like kill him off in the next episode seemed a little weird to me i don't know if you have any thoughts on that christian i don't think it's that weird because i feel like i've talked about this a lot with the sequels right like star wars likes to give endings and then flesh things out later and we've seen a lot of cad bane stuff so like i i think he could still pop up i'm sure he'll be in bad batch season two and i'm sure he'll (laughs) pop up in other stories as well but similar to i can see him popping up in andor Sure, yeah, that's a good one. Similar to how Maul was given an ending in Rebels and then years later showed up again in Clone Wars and then Solo. Like, I, I don't think this is the last time we see Cad Bane. I just think they probably want to give a definitive... This is... Up to this point is when we can use Cad Bane because I, I, I do appreciate that with Star Wars that like they will give a character a definitive end and even if that means like in the public zeitgeist they're still around in other projects it's like we know their fate so i i think there's merit to doing that occasionally so i was in that phase by it again kayla was taken out of it a little bit she was like after all the times the cad bane got away and escaped in clone wars and bad batch that's how he dies so she was more taken out of it than i was so it sounds like you feel similar yeah, I mean, I think I think she's got a point, to be honest with you. Like, he's been propped up as, like, probably being one of the smartest people, like, smartest beings in the galaxy. He, he gets away with everything all the time. Um, and, yeah. I mean, he did face a pretty formidable opponent in Boba Fett, granted. But I feel like he could have gotten himself out of that one. But, you know, it is what it is. He, he, he's dead now. Um <laughs> Yeah. There are Plus, there has been some spec there has been some speculation because if you listen faintly you can hear like some beeping after he dies so people have been mm. thinking like maybe he could come back but I doubt it I think he's done and he'll just be yeah. showing up with other things. Plus he's like super old in this show. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I think some people, I saw tweets saying, like, his species is, like, lifespan's, like, 80, 90 years, I think, maybe 100. And he's, like, mid-80s right now. So, yeah, I could buy that, too, of, like, he yeah, he's super skilled, but this is an old, old, old man that should have retired a while ago. He thought he had the upper hand, and then Boba pulled a fast one. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's, that's actually pretty fair. But, uh. I do think there is a, there is a lot of poeticism in the fact that uh, Boba Fett is the one who ends up killing Cad Bane. Um, I did see a tweet that I thought was pretty funny. Um, they were like, "It's interesting how like the whole Cad Bane Boba Fett relationship hinges on like an unfinished arc from the Clone Wars that was never published." <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, for those who aren't familiar, there there were like reels for an episode of the Clone Wars, or actually a whole arc, which ends with Boba Fett donning his dad's armor and having, like, a standoff with Cad Bane in which they both get, like, knocked unconscious, and that's how Boba Fett gets the uh, dent in his helmet. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that, that never actually happened in the Star Wars canon. Um, it's kind of just, like, implied. So I think it's kind of funny that, like, they're really, like, trying they're, they're, they're kind of like using that as like a way to sort of like hook people into it um mm -hmm. <laughs> which i think is pretty silly but like there is a lot of a lot of like material in the clone wars that kind of shows the relationship between boba and cad bane so i don't necessarily think it's like out of the blue for them to have this like closer mentor relationship yeah i i, I wasn't thrown by the acknowledgement yeah. and knowledge of their history like I, I i thought it was fitting for sure yeah definitely um <clears throat> well uh the episode basically ends with um boba fett and the mods and dinjarin just like kicking ass taking names pushing this pike syndicate out of mosespa successfully we do see grogu uh use his like sleeping powers his forced sleeping sleeping powers on the rancor which i thought was really cool and also mm -hmm. really cute when he snuggles up next to it and takes, yeah, takes a little fun. Nap. Um, I like that <laughs> but yeah i mean like overall i think i'm just like really confused as to like what this season means um what this season even really was like i said in the beginning i thought it was great star wars tv but just not good tv um Star Wars removed, it wasn't a good TV show. But, you know, it had a lot of awesome moments. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't seem like we're alone in this. It feels like a lot of people, even the people that really enjoy it, I think I've seen some takes being like, yeah, I really loved a lot of these things, but it was messy as hell. So, yeah. I, I think that's safe. I, um, I, I don't see Obi-Wan going down this way. I don't see Mandalorian Season 3 going this way. I think this is just a product of a lot of circumstances and all things considered, we got some great hours of star Wars out of it. So not a failure. I enjoyed it, but weird. Just, so. yeah, weird. Um, well, I don't know. Like, is there anything I missed Christian? Is there anything that you want to talk about specifically? Not really. Like, we touched on most of everything of like Din and Grogu's moment. Um, just the the highlights 
emotionally and narratively of this really long action sequence and the questions the Cobb Vantes I feel like that's really everything this episode had to offer so yeah it's really just now a question of what happens next I'm not really sure I think that they're probably going to sort of like lean into the whole dark saber thing in Mandalorian season three um I don't necessarily know how it's going to look anymore honestly after watching this season and this series, I don't know what to expect anymore, <laughs> um, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, but we will we will just have to wait and see. I agree with you. I don't think that Kenobi's going to be like this at all. I think that's going to be stylistically very different. I think it's going to be mostly focused on Obi-Wan. And if it is like this, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> just going to say it. I'm be Four episodes of Obi-Wan, two episodes of Ahsoka. And then a finale. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Just say it. Well, Christian, do you want to take us out to sea unless there's anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, sure thing. Mike, where can the listeners find you? You can follow, uh, follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Collins. Very nice. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok at Chun2D2, youtube.com slash joyclicks for some video stuff. Duff, we got Nintendo Direct videos up that uh, Mike and I discussed this episode. You can see reactions, reviews, predictions all up on the channel. Uh, for this show, though, you can check it out on your favorite podcast streaming service, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your shows. Download, review, subscribe, give a star rating. It takes a quick second and helps the show out a bunch. And we appreciate it when it happens. So thank you very much. And if you want to go over to support the shows monetarily, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the one and five dollar tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on this show and every show we produce like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you so, so much. And that's it for Book of Boba Fett. Got presumably a bit of a drought for Star Wars, but uh, maybe a Kenobi trailer next time we talk. We'll see. See what's up. We'll see. We'll see. Uh... Yeah, and I'd just like to say, uh, no books at all in the book of Boba Fett. Not not a one. Uh, I don't not, think I saw one. Not even cooking the books. No no crime books, you know? Nothing. Yeah, no. No books. Just Boba Fett. Barely. Just Boba Fett. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, uh, until yeah. next week, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.